0: Morning. You'll have to forgive me because why preparing this preach, I've also been doing a pantomime, so uh, occasionally if it slips, uh, apologies. But also I'm up for a bit of feedback as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's good. I get the opportunity to speak um, quite a lot of different places, particularly around Nottingham with my job, um, but there's always something a bit special about speaking in your home, uh, and so. Um, I hope this morning that um, I know God's spoken to me through this, uh, but I also believe God's uh, got something for you guys as well. So, uh, so I'm going to start by reading. Uh, we're taking, we're going through Luke as a series as a church, and uh, I've got the uh, passage Luke 11, uh, just 33 to 36. Okay, so I'm going to read from Luke 11, 33 to 36, and. Um, This is from the NIV version. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. One of the probably one of the most famous passages, and you've always uh, got to be careful when you look at a famous passage because we all have kind of um, preconceived ideas about what it's talking about. You know, uh, often you will uh, you will hear the uh, phrase, you know. Don't put your lamp under a bushel. Let it shine. And I've always thought, what's a bushel? So let's get that out of the way, okay? Because you're all going, what is a bushel? And, okay, I don't know whether you work in imperial units, some old school, or metric units. If you're an old school type of person, it's eight gallons, okay? That's what a bushel is, something that holds uh, uh, eight gallons. Or if you're uh, a new boy like me, uh, metric units, 36.36 litres. Shall we go home now? You're all educated, and, uh, and, and that's my job done. Um, but it, but we, when we hear that, we often think about, like, we should let things shine, we should let things go. And I don't think, I don't think it's, it's just our church. I, I don't think Christians generally are good at showing off. Now, you might think that's a good thing. Uh, some of you might be looking at me now going, Rich, that doesn't apply to you. Um, but, but, you know, we're not good at telling people how good God is. We're not good at promoting ourselves, okay, and kind of shining. So I thought this morning, what a great opportunity to promote myself, okay? I thought that'd be good. So I've got my national record of achievements that I got when I was at school, now, I haven't opened this for about 16 years till last week. So, I'm going to tell you a bit about myself so you know what kind of guy I am, okay? First of all, I'll get the embarrassing stuff out of the way. I got a letter from TVAM. Does anyone remember TVAM? You know, uh, well, I went on Wackaday singing in the shower. And, uh, and I got a letter from Michaela Strachan, wow, and Timmy Mallett, so, um, so that was that. Okay, this is, this is my personal statement, okay? Um, that's, I'm not reading it all. Um, I'm currently employed at Do It All in Long Eaton, in which I come across a great amount of people, as well as operating the tills and using mechanical equipment. I have also collected money for a newsagent and worked in a grocery store. You see? This is great. Voluntary work. I've now been doing voluntary work at a primary school in our area for over six months. I'd just like to say Tim Sanders was in my year six class when I did voluntary work. Oh, come on. Um, This involves working with the children and helping them out when they have any problems. I also help them out when they go swimming, helping them with their strokes. I've started recently training on our local hospital radio station. This involves both meeting staff and patients on the wards, as well as broadcast into their bedsides. I, I think they encouraged me to stop when, because uh, you had to go and ask for requests, but they were all like Glenn Miller Band and stuff like that, you know, the big band. So when I started playing uh, Another One Bites the Dust and Girlfriend in a Coma by the Smiths, I think I got encouraged uh, not to carry on there. So, um, so but... But, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to know how much to promote yourself and how much to promote what you believe without actually people going, shut up and stop talking about yourself or stop talking about your faith. A few years ago, and it was probably, it was probably when I first came back down to, to Nottingham, to Long Eaton, um, when me and Laura moved back, uh, we were hanging out with some friends um, at, that I went to sixth form with and we ran for lunch with a few other people. And uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on the door and, and my mate went and answered the door and kind of, kind of listened a bit and then kind of went off. And, uh, and I kind of made a disparaging comment and I said something like that. And he said to me, well, at least they talk about what they believe. I thought, wow. You know what? As a job, that's what I do. I talk about what I believe. But actually, do I sometimes and do we sometimes go, you know what? I'm that scared of what they might say that actually we don't say anything at all. It's a challenge, isn't it? Because we all like to be liked. We all like, and we, and we might kind of go, you know, oh, I want, to, I want to be salt. You know, when we talk about salt and light, I want to be salt because that makes a difference. And, and I don't have to have any confrontation because I'm just doing what God wants me to do. And if they want to, they will ask. But actually, sometimes we're asked to be light as well. And this is what this passage is talking about. If you've ever read the Bible in a chronological order, or you've tried to, uh, I'm doing the Bible in a year, just kind of as it's written at the minute, and there's loads of stuff coming out of it, but if you read the Bible in a chronological order, one of the first passages you come to is John chapter 1, verse 1, and this is what it says, and bearing in mind we're looking at light, what I want us to do this morning is get the idea of, you know, it's all right saying don't put your light under a bushel, or don't, put it hidden away, but actually what does that mean? What what is the light they're talking about? This is John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Last time I did a, the Bible in a Year was about 20 years ago, and uh, this was the only passage throughout that whole year that stuck out to me, because I kind of read it as like, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. Um, but this was the passage that stuck out, because it, it came to me, the realisation that Jesus was at creation, okay, that Jesus was part of creation. I don't know about you, I, I, I kind of like things in its place. So I was like, God, God the Father, Old Testament, Jesus pops up in the New Testament for about four books, and then the rest of it is the Holy Spirit, okay? And I could live my life like that, being brought up in church, but actually Jesus was at, cre- at creation. In fact, the whole of the Trinity were at creation, okay? Um, but it talks about in Him was life. This is the Word, the Word that was life, the Word that became flesh, and that life was the light of all mankind, Again, if you read it chronologically, one of the first things you'll read is that um, a description in Genesis chapter 1. First words that God said, let there be light. And there was light. So light's a big part from the very beginning of time is a, is a big part of faith. Certainly for us as Christians, but also for the Jews as well. Okay? And, uh, and for them... Because when I was reading this, I was looking at who, they was, who, who Jesus was speaking to and what that would mean. What would that mean to, to, to me if Jesus was speaking to me? And he was speaking to the Jewish people and he was saying, he was talking about light. And what is their understanding of light? So their understanding of light was at the very beginning. God said there'd be light uh, and they were looking for this light that was the Messiah, who, as we know, is Jesus, okay? Okay? But that made me start thinking, well, what did the Jews use light for, okay? And I've got a picture up here. Brilliant, thank you. Anyone know what this is? Don't say a candlestick. Menorah, thank you. Uh, So this is a menorah, okay? Jewish candlestick. And this was used, okay, next to the Ark of the Covenant. So in Jewish times, they used to carry the Ark around, or they'd place it, or it'd be placed in the temple. uh, And this was placed next to it... um, to give light in the holy of holies, so this was placed next to the ark of the covenant. Covenant, this light was there to bring light to the Lord. So when people, were, when the priest walked in, he could he could see the ark of the covenant. Standing next to it, the menorah lit, seven seven candles on it lit, so they could see. The Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of the Lord. Now, as you can see, and I've just mentioned, there are seven candles, candlesticks on that menorah. Okay, and the menorah is that's shown to represent the um, uh, the Tree of Life in the Garden of Eden. Okay, so the Garden of Eden it's seen to represent uh, for Jews. The tree of life to bring light in the garden. That's what, and light and life, which is often associated in the Bible, okay? But John, in John's gospel, uses it for another meaning, okay? He uses the seven prongs of the candlestick and links them to the seven I am's in the book of John, Okay? I won't test you what the seven I am's are. I'll tell you what they are. Okay, And these are what Jesus said about himself. So these are the things that Jesus said about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And I am the true vine. These are all titles... That Jesus gave to himself. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the light of the world. The menorah in the Old Testament represented light in the Holy of Holies. So when the priest came in, he could see the Ark of the Covenant, he could see the Lord, and he could see um, where he was at. Okay? Jesus came to be light of the world. What is the light of the world? the light of the world is the bread of life it's the door for the sheep it's the good shepherd it's the resurrection and the life it's the way the truth and the life it is the true vine so when when we come back to the context of the passage when we're when we're reading and Jesus is saying don't put the light under the bushel he's saying don't suppress god but don't also just kind of um, think of it as as you and kind of, you know, you hide in. But look at it as don't hide God. Because the light of the world came so that we may see God. The Jews in, um, in the Old Testament, I don't know whether you know much, some of you will have studied it more than me. Um, but the whole point of the Jewish community and the nation of Israel was to show God to the rest of the world. That's what it was there for, to show them God to be the light. And for us now as Christians, it's for us to be light in the darkness, to show God. One of the things that uh, I'm passionate about generally um, is is the whole idea of mission. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do as a church on the third Sunday of every month um, in the evening service is run something called mission academies which are basically going to be a bit of a bit of worship bit of teaching on mission but also then breaking into workshops well not workshops but sessions to look at the different missions that are connected with church because i don't know about you i could sometimes come along on a sunday morning i can read the news sheet normally when adrian's speaking if i'm on no i didn't mean that um but although adrian's looking at it uh, are you reading it now he's reading it now <laughs> There's another passage, you reap what you sow. Um, but, um, but, you know, sometimes you can come and you can read and you can kind of go, oh yeah, I know what's happening, I know what's happening, you know. But it doesn't really compute. But actually we do loads of good stuff in this church. And sometimes it's really nice to be able to pray with those people that are doing it or find out more opportunities about where I can fit into the, into the jigsaw that is church. And so what we're, want, we we're going to start tonight, but uh, there's a little thing called a baptism going off, uh, which is great because, um, because she came through Alpha, which is great. Um, and we're starting another Alpha in a couple of weeks. Um, so, But on the third, third Sunday of every month in the evening, we're going to run these mission academies, which are basically to look at things that either the church are directly involved with or the church are associated with and, and understand that actually we're the light. You know, the church of God. We sang earlier in uh, Sing, Sing, Sing. Um, one of the verses talked about um, being the life, but also being the light to the people around us. And isn't it important that actually we, we start to, yes, we would believe what we do. We think what we do is good. Otherwise, hopefully, you know, you'd have thought we wouldn't do it. Um, but actually, isn't it about time that we, that we really believed that we're light? Really believe that actually we can shine in this dark place, Um, and that's a spiritual term. I'm not talking necessarily about you know people being nasty or anything like that. Although there are some people out there, but but it's just you know spiritually we live in this world that that there is light, but there's a lot more darkness around at the minute. You know, and and if we're not going to do it, who is? If we're not, if the church of Jesus Christ is not going to be light, then no one else uh, is. There are two points that came out, going back to the passage, two points um, coming out of this passage that really kind of uh, spoke to me. The two, two reasons. One is the importance on a personal level. You know, Because we can talk collective, but some people go, what does that mean for me? Okay? But Jesus had an understanding of the importance of, of light in the jewish faith and so when he was talking about it he was seeing the need for people to understand what light was it says in ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 to 10 for once for you were once in darkness but now you are light in the lord live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists of all the goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the lord Some of us in our own life, you know, um, light is often associated with knowledge. Uh, And so people would, uh, you know, the light switched on. You know, whenever you hear the phrase Eureka, sometimes you see a light bulb come on. Not literally, unless you're a bit bizarre. Uh, But but certainly, you'll see people and people will say, oh, it looks like the light's gone on. You understand. And I think sometimes as Christians, that can be the case for us. The light can go on. We know it. I became a Christian when I was 18, okay? The light was on. But actually, in some areas of my life, I did put it under a bushel. I did put it in a hiding place. You know, so there's some areas of my life, and if I'm totally honest, there are probably some now, okay? Um, Where you kind of go, oh, yeah, the light's in that place in my life, but it's not in that place. The light's here and, and I can see God in that and I've let God into that and all that kind of, all those kind of things. But actually, there are some places like, oh, I switched the light on in a couple of years. Or I'm not ready, I've been hurt. Last time I switched the light on in that area of my life, I got burnt. And so I'm going to switch the light off till I feel it's appropriate to switch it back on again. Which for some people is five minutes, others can be never and some of us are guilty of putting that um, uh, in the kind of cellar, if you like, and kind of putting it away. And what God is saying is, is, don't put it away. He's actually saying when you switch the light on, it brings life. It brings life to the max. It, it brings life. You know, sometimes we can, can worry about the hurts and we don't see beyond that. But actually when the light comes on, It brings life. If you believe what I believe, and that's Jesus came to bring life in our own personal lives, we have to switch the light on. We can live a little bit of life and we can have a a good time in life and, and, and we can do all those kind of things, but sometimes God has so much more for us. God has so much more for us and his desire is to get the best out of you. You know, His reason for us, our, our reason for being on the planet is so that we can be the best we were created to be. And sometimes we blame God and kind of go, God, why aren't you doing this? God, why aren't you doing that? I've been waiting for this promotion. I've been waiting for this relationship. I've been waiting for this money to come in. And God's saying, I want you to be the best you can be. But you need to switch the light on first. You know, if we're talking about people, and it was great to hear um, people responding to the gospel this morning. And if you've responded for the first time, I hope you do go and see Adrian. Uh, Come on Wednesday night, uh, and come on the Alpha Course. And even if you've recommitted your life today, and you think the Alpha Course would be good for you, come along, it starts a week on Wednesday, because it's good to refresh and get that light switched back on again. You know, we often talk about unchurched or people that don't have a faith of living in darkness. So we understand the idea of light, switching it on and revealing God to them. We understand it for other people. But do we always understand it for us? Do we want to live the life that God has for us? Or actually, does this passage speak to us and talk to us and say, Actually, Richard... You need to take that bit of light and let it in. So Jesus knew that he was talking to individuals. He knew he was talking to, to the Jews that had kind of gone, you know what, I'm going to do this religiously. I'm going to go to the temple. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to do all that. But just leave me in darkness. Just, just leave me that. Jesus was talking to those people just as he's talking to me this morning. But he also understand, understood that in the Jewish culture, it was less about the individual and more about the corporate. It wasn't just about, you know, I think um, for us in Western society, we, and I've probably shared this before, that, that we're very individualistic. Do you know what I mean? We're very kind of, oh, it's about me, it's about how I feel. But the Jewish culture and, and what should now represent, the, the church should represent is about a community, it's about God working us all. The amount of passages I haven't written them all out here um, that talk about the body of Christ, that talk about being people being together, about community. That's what Jesus also understood. And for them, faith had never been about the individual. It had been about the corporate. It had been about the nation of Israel, the Jews, and now also the church. Yes, we can have a personal relationship with Jesus. And those that responded this morning, um, that's what you will receive a personal relationship with Jesus because he created us. He made us in his image. He loves us. He knows how many hairs he has on our head. We can be healed. You know, we can ask God. God cares for us as individuals. But those are both so we can be part of the kingdom of God in its corporate. It isn't so we stay as individuals and live our lives as individuals. It's so what you can bring to the bigger picture. It's not about what I can do on my own. It's about what we can do together. That's what the church is all about. It's a community thing, faith. You know, if I had faith and I was the only person on this planet, what difference would it make? Yes, I have that personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, I can worship Jesus. And I would if I was the only person on the earth. But I may as well be in heaven. Because I can't bless my neighbor. I can't love my enemy. It has to be community. And so when it comes to light, Jesus was saying, as a community, for them as the Jewish nation, and us as a church now, he's saying, don't let your light be hidden. Show it off. Isn't that the whole point of light? You use it in darkness to see. I don't know whether you've ever tried getting into bed like why dark and the amount, our, our bedroom's messy. It's my side more than Laura's, to be fair. Um, but I'll always stand on a razor or always stand on a hair clip. The hair clips aren't mine, by the way. Um, but uh, I'll always. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I'll always say, because I can't see. The reason I have a torch on my phone, the reason I have a light that I can switch on, is so I can see in the darkness. Us as a church, the reason we're here is to be seen in the darkness. Paul and Barnabas um, say, oh, Paul says this in the book of Acts For this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. How mad's that? That we, we, were, we, were, we are to be used as a light for the people in darkness. That we may bring salvation through Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. And it isn't just one way. We go back to the, se- the seven aspects of the menorah. The, the candlestick that lit the Ark of the Covenant. The ones that represented, or John used to represent Jesus in the story of his birth. The bread of life. You know, we think of food bank. We think of, you know, street pastors. We think of uh, people giving things at harvest time. The light of the world. Being able to sing praises and people to hear music and understand. To be the door for the sheep. To invite people in to be welcoming to be the good shepherd, to be pastorally responsible for our neighbours, to be the resurrection and the life, to bring life to people that are struggling, whether it's debt, whether it's hunger, whether it's poverty, to be the way, the truth and the life, to show people they have a purpose, to be the true vine, to know that people are not alone. That is what being light of the world is. That's what us as a church can be so excited about you know what that's our purpose that's what God wants us to do you know we don't do we're not doing these mission academies just for the sake of it to to fill another Sunday night we're doing it because as a church we're passionate about being light of the world I love showing off about my kids you know Amy and Joel to the most extent they're lovely okay Um, but I love showing off about them I just love it God's saying to me, if you show off enough about them, why don't you bring me out of the darkness and put me out there? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you didn't create us just to be here. Thank you that we are able to worship. Thank you that we are able to praise your holy name. And thank you for this morning, Lord, because it was an amazing worship session. But Lord, that's isn't where our worship ends. The idea of worship is to proclaim your name, to sing your name, to bring you out into the open, your name out into the open. Lord, help us know that we don't have to stop when we walk out this building. Help us to know that our worship is about being light of the world, bringing your light into the darkness, Lord Jesus. And Lord, for all of us, it will mean different things. And, and to be honest, for some of us, like I have been previously, there's a little bit of fear factor. But Lord, I want to pray against that. Because when fear comes in, darkness comes in. And Jesus just says, let me light up that area of your life. Let me take away that fear. And know that you're loved and you're cared for. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the light in our own lives. And Lord, I just want to pray for me personally and for anyone else that wants to pray this prayer. That, that you will light up any dark areas in my life. Lord, I love you. I do love you passionately. But I'm also aware that there are some things that I don't like talking about. And there are some things that, you know, I need your light in there. And I want to pray that you will do that this morning. And for anyone else here who has those areas of their life that that they feel they haven't opened up to God, I want to pray through your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, that you will bring light so that they and I may have life in its fullness. Life as you want us to have it. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord Jesus that we will be lighting our community in whatever way it is, whether it is uh, looking after our neighbours, whether it's taking a food parcel round, whether it's uh, sitting and chatting to someone that's got no one to chat to, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, I pray that you help us not to feel like we're doing it on our own, but Lord, that we're doing it together as a community, as a church as your people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.